Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. Here at Velocity, we love to hear about how lives are changed. And if that's you, let us know and send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now enjoy today's message. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad you're here. And I want to welcome everybody to week three of our series, Leadership Laboratory. And even though this is very much a series about leadership, we could just as easily call it a series about discipleship. Because that's what leaders do, right? Is they develop people. And what we're endeavoring to do in this series is follow the example of the greatest leader who ever lived of all time, Jesus Christ. And as we do that, our goal isn't just that we would become better and that we would grow, but our goal is that we would take these things that we're learning and pass them on to others. That's the essence of leadership. So as we get into this, you know, one of the things I'm reminded of is uh, we see that in Jesus' example. Of course, we also see it in the example of Paul. There was this one time he wrote to a church and he said, hey, everything that you've learned from me, the things that you've heard me teach and the things that you've seen me do, keep putting these into practice. In other words, you're not just learning from things I taught, but you're learning from the way I lived. And that's why I wanna encourage you in this series to put these things into practice. Don't just come here, take some notes, and walk out of here like nothing changed, but begin to find ways to implement the things we're talking about into your life, into your team, into the places where you work. In fact, I would encourage you and just ask if you would take it one step further and, uh, and share it with somebody. You can share it. I asked you at the beginning of the series to bring the people with you that you work, the leaders in your life, the people that you lead. It's going to facilitate some great conversations. Uh, if you can't do that, at the very least, uh, share some things that you're learning on social media. Share it on Facebook or on Instagram. You know, t- tag us. I want to see what you're learning. But in addition to that, uh, what happens is that's going to help somebody else. They just use the influence that you do have to help somebody else. And that's how I'd like you to start. Well, as we get into this today, it's a little bit funny that we're three weeks into this series, and I'm just now getting around to this topic, because in so many ways, what I'm going to share with you today is absolutely the foundation. It's uh, one thing I'm realizing is that, you know, you can have all the skill sets in the world, but if you don't maintain your motivation, it doesn't matter. Would you agree with that? It doesn't matter how talented you are. You can be the greatest athlete, have all the skills to be at the next level. But if you don't have the motivation to perform, you're just going to stay on the couch and eat potato chips. right? There's a difference between knowing how to act and having the motivation to act. So it doesn't really matter how great of a leader you think you are, how much skills you have, or what you know to do in the right state, if you don't maintain your motivation, none of that's gonna matter. You can have great vision for what you wanna see happen in your life, or what you wanna see God do, how you want God to use you, but if you don't have the motivation, you're not gonna lead well. And so I do wanna say a few things that are hopefully gonna recharge you today, but while this is still gonna be a really practical message, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be less instructional and more motivational. I don't mean I'm going to preach you in a way that's going to get you hyped up. 
I'm just saying the things I'm going to share with you, I want to talk about how to help you maintain your motivation. I want to talk about why you do what it is that you do. And to begin, I want to look at a scripture that Paul wrote to his protege, Timothy. And this is a passage that God has used to really minister to me this year. I believe it's going to do the same thing for you today. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 12. Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. I don't want to stop right there for just a minute because so many times we confuse that. A lot of us know that God is able. We've got faith that God is able. But Paul tells us something different. He says, you know what? I found out that God is able, and not only is God able, but, but I'm able to. The, the reason I'm able to, do, able to do what? Able to do everything that he's called me to do. Why? Because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent man, and that's kind of funny because lots of Paul's bringing up the things in his past. Lots of times, people's past paralyzed them. But Paul's saying he actually uses his past to propel him into the things that God has for him. He, he puts even the things that didn't go right, even the things that he did wrong in a category and in a context that helped move him forward towards the thing that God has called him to do. He says, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent man, he says, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in, my, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering, as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he says, verse 18, this charge I commit to you. Say to you, to you. In other words, this is a personal charge. I want you to take this personally. I want you to know, I, I take this personally. I, I take it personally that I bring God my best. I, I take it personally that I continue to learn and grow. I, I, take it, I take this ministry personally, what happens in our church. I take it personally, the attitudes of the people on our team, the people that I serve with. I, I take it personally. I take it personally that we move forward towards the things that God has for us. And I want to help you with this today. And this is something that has really helped me. I want to tell you to hold your charge. Hold your charge. That's the title of my message. That's what I want to talk about today as we're in week three of our series, Hold Your Charge. I want to pray. I'm going to ask for God's help. I'm going to ask that you would bow your head with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for your word, for your truth. God, I'm asking that you would help me today. God, help me preach your word in a way that's clear, a way that's easy to understand. God, I need your help, uh, that I would say the things that need to be said and leave out the things that don't need to be said. God, only you can take 
a message and personalize it for everybody. And I would ask that you would do that now. God, help me, use me. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand, Father, the things that you have for us. Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, how many of you uh, have heard about the new iPhone? Anybody heard about the new iPhone? Uh, what's it called again? iPhone, iPhone 8, iPhone 10. I heard it called, like, I, how do you go from 8 to 10? That's a mystery to me. 10, and, and some people call it iPhone X. I, th- I think it's 10. It's caught my attention recently, and uh, it's, it's not because uh, I need to have the latest and greatest technology. Uh, it's not even because uh, pre-orders start next month, which also happens to be Pastor Appreciation Month. That's not the reason I'm bringing it up. Um, not, that's not why. I, I'm, I bring it up because um, anybody who's, who's been around me lately, you've heard me complain about my phone. Am I right? Just nod, just wave at me if you're part of our team and I've been complaining about my phone. I, 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 it's not that this phone doesn't work. I mean, I, this phone's great. It's, uh, it's an iPhone 6, so a little bit behind. But uh, this, phone, this phone's a great phone. It's just it's one problem. It doesn't hold a charge. It doesn't hold a charge. And, you know, I, uh, I've got this issue. Uh, got a lot of issues. Truthfully, I have a subscription. I've got this problem. And uh, what well, would, you, would you bring that up for me? And it's just, I never like to be very far from my, from my juice, you know. Um, for that reason, I've got a lot of chargers. I just thought I'd kind of just grab the ones from my office, just my office. Um, I, I, I just, I, just, I got to stay close to the juice. And, uh, you know, the, the problem isn't that, that, that I, I live off my device. I mean, that's just culture. That's just the way we live today. I mean, we're not going to get away from that. We just, we depend on our device. The, the, the issue is, like, my issue is like when this thing gets below 50%, like I start freaking out. I mean, some of you guys can live in the red zone. I can't do that, okay? Like when I see this thing turn red, like I start having visions, like it's like somebody is stabbing me and it's blood rush, you know, gushing from my wounds. That's, that's what the red on this phone reminds me of. And so, so I, uh, I, I live on my device. See, I mean, it's just, you know, I keep my sermons on here. This is my connection to the, to the outside world. This is, this is where I get my news from. I mean, this is uh, like just my ideas, my life, my, my schedule. This, this is how I make it through my kids' music programs. I mean, multitasking. I'm just saying everything is on here. And so, you know what I've realized? And, and like I said, this isn't a bad phone by, by any means, um, when, when I bought it, I got the, the largest storage version that they had, 128 gigs, because I knew I was going to put a lot of stuff on here. And uh, I'll let you know, this, this still has space left on it. Got about, you know, 30, 40 gigs left. 30, 40 gigs worth of ideas I can still put on here. 30, 40 gigs of, of apps, photos, memories. It's still got a lot of potential, but you know what I realized? It doesn't matter how much potential is left on this phone. 
It's useless without a charge. It's useless. All of our device, like my, my iPad, all of my sermons can have a word that's going to change your life, but yet it's useless without a charge. And I don't care how talented you are, how many skills you have, the organization you've built, the people on your team, the, the, the enterprise that you run. All of it is useless without a charge. Are you out there? You listening to this? It's useless. And I, I talked last week about how we need to increase our reach, increase your reach. But you know what I've realized? Is that you can't increase your reach unless you're grounded with a charge. Like, you, you can't reach any further than having a solid foundation underneath you. And uh, I bring this up because as a leader, just the nature of the task that you're going to be asked to perform, uh, the, the amount of resource that they require, it can be draining on your motivation. I mean, just the motivation that caused you to start, it, it can be difficult to maintain that motivation as you become successful. And there's lots of things that drain our motivation. I mean, um, like pain can drain our motivation. Sometimes you've gone through something that's so painful, uh, it causes you to lose your will to keep moving forward. And pain can cause you to lose your motivation. But you know, it's not just pain, also prosperity causes you to lose your motivation. I'm not talking about money. I mean, when God begins to prosper something that you're putting your hand to, its progress can actually become the enemy of your passion. Because, like, when you start out with something, like when we started this church, man, it's, it's grow or die, right? It's like if this thing doesn't grow, it's not going to work. Anytime you start a new endeavor, it's grow or die. Six years in, Six years now, we got more people coming, our teams are larger, all this different stuff. It's still grow or die. It just doesn't feel like it. It's still grow or die, but you don't notice it as much. You don't see it as such because it's easy to become complacent and stop reaching. And so as we got to increase our reach, I want to tell you, remembering your reason is the key to keep reaching. You gotta remember your reason. And so this is the question I keep coming back to. You know, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Not, not the reason you put on a banner, not the reason that's underneath the company logo. Why do we do this? Why do, why do you do this? Whatever it is God has called you to do. Why do you do this? Why do I do this? It's a good question. I ask myself that question every time I work out. Why am I doing this? I mean, really, why am I doing this? Because, I mean, people who are out of shape live a long time. I mean, it's a crapshoot. It's really like 50-50 how long you're going to live, you know. I'm always sore after. I don't feel better. I feel worse. Plus, I'm married. It's not like I'm trying to impress anybody. Why <laughs> am I doing this? Why am I doing this? It's a good question. Why are we doing this? 
Why? Why, why would we keep trying to create space to reach more people? Why, why two locations? Why multiple services? Why not just be content to fill up one? Well, why, why, would do, why, are you, why are you doing this? Whatever God has called you to do, whatever it is he's entrusted you, whatever it is he put you, why did you get up so early? Why do you stay up late? Well, why, why are you doing this? Well, God showed me an answer in Paul's speech to Timothy, and I want to share it with you. There's a few things I want to share with you. And rather than me define the reason, I think it's better if we discover it. Because it's not really mine to define. It's yours to discover. And I would tell you, you need to discover it over and over and over again. Because in this passage... Uh, Paul, he sent Timothy to Ephesus, and in the book, he commands him to stay there. He gives him some instruction. Uh, he tells him, hey, there's certain men, teach them, you know, not to teach false doctrine, because there's this group, the Judaizers, they had come in, they were trying to cut off the hope of the gospel to people who really needed it. And so he wants to give him some instruction, some strategy, all these different things that he needs to do in leading this church. But before Paul gives him a strategy for growing the church, Paul gives Timothy a strategy for growing Timothy. Because if Timothy doesn't grow, church isn't going to grow. And if you don't grow, the places God has called you to aren't going to grow. Your teams aren't going to grow. The, the, the areas where you need to bring your best aren't going to grow. If, if the leaders in this room don't grow, in, in our capacity, in our mentality, in our resolve, in our courage, in the way we think. If we don't grow in our vision, if, if we don't grow, the church isn't going to grow. So Paul gives him some instruction for, for growing himself. And he's, he comes back to this reason. He, he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I love that phrase putting me into the ministry. In other words, God put me here. The, the, the thing that I come back to when I'm trying to remember why am I doing this, I come back to this. God put me here. He, he, he put me here. I don't just mean here in Lawrence, Kansas. I mean, he put me here on this earth at this time, in this season, in this city. With that woman, that woman, with this team, right? God put me here. And you, and you got to come back to this reality that God puts you here. He, he starts by telling Timothy, I was put into the ministry. And he says something that I think is really interesting. He says, God has enabled me, enabled me. And it has, has this idea with it, a deposit. It's a financial term, actually. It's this idea of a deposit. Now, those of you who are maybe students of Scripture, familiar with the Bible, uh, you would know that later on, Paul would tell Timothy in the next letter he wrote to him, guard the good deposit that you've been entrusted with. See, sometimes as a preacher, 
you really just keep telling people the same thing over and over. And I tell them something, you're just telling them the same thing because they need to be reminded of what they already know. So, so Paul here, he's, he's reminding Timothy of something that he already knows. And he's saying, look, I know you've heard this before, Timothy, but what I'm trying to tell you is that you've got it in you. you you've got it in you. And it's really this idea that he's trying to get across is that God doesn't demand what he didn't deposit. God doesn't demand what he didn't deposit. Now, I wish I had like some money because I'd illustrate it to you a certain way. My wallet is my phone. All I've got are cards in here, so there's no cash. But maybe, maybe I can illustrate this another way. Um, let me think here. Uh, Kayla. Kayla, I'm going to act. Will you help me for a minute? Will you come up here? He, Paul, Paul says something to him. He says, hey, you got it. You got it in you. Now, I need you to help me. You didn't know I was going to no. call you up here, right? They're just putting you on the spot. Um, so I need you to help me with something. Uh, I need you to recite for me the Apostles' Creed. I mean, you know the Apostles' Creed. Every, everybody knows the Apostles' Creed, right? Um, I mean, it's just one sentence. Now, I, I know you can do, now everybody knows you're, I mean, you look like a person of honesty, integrity. Um, I think you're talent, you, the Apostles' Creed, just real quick, one sentence. I, now, now look, I know you can do this. I, I believe, now, have you ever felt like, we didn't talk about this beforehand, did no, you had no, no idea you were coming up here. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it feels that way like with God, like, man, if you would have told me that you wanted me, like, I could have prepared myself. Like, if I, like, you want me to do this thing. If you had let me know, then I would have been prepared. This wouldn't be an issue. And, and some, have you ever felt this way, like, it's something God has called you to do, like, maybe you're not prepared for it? Yeah. Okay. All right. The Apostles' Creed. Go ahead. Still got nothing. All right. Okay. Go ahead and sit down. Now, I'm not disappointed in you. I'm not disappointed because actually what I want you to do is look under your chair. Just look under your chair, Kayla. And, uh, okay, come back, come back on up here for a minute. We, we, we come back on up here. Now, I, I need you to, to open that up. And uh, I, I need you to tell me, I need you to recite for me the Apostles' Creed. Okay. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord, has conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius, Pontius Pilate, who was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and his life everlasting. Amen. We give Caleb a round of applause. Now, you know how I knew you could do that? Because I put it there. I put it there. And see, here's what you need to realize, is that when God makes a demand on your life, it indicates a deposit. It indicates the fact that he asked something of you. But see, you would have never known that you could do that if I wouldn't have called you. And it's the same thing when God calls you 
to do something. The fact that he called you indicates the fact that he's put it there. He's put in you what you need. He's put in you what he's prepared you for those things. He's put it there. And that's the wonderful thing about letting God build your life, build your leadership, build your purpose. When you say, God, place me according to what you know you've put in me. When you do that, the beautiful thing about that is wherever he has called you, he, you know that the demand indicates that there's a deposit. That, that's why I never want to ask somebody to let me preach. Because if I'm ever preaching somewhere, I want to know that God put me there, that he's given me something, not, not that I manipulated my way into make something happening. See, whenever you feel the demand, that's what indicates a supply. That's what indicates a deposit. In fact, that means the times in my life that are the most demanding are really the greatest opportunities for ministry. The times in my life that are the most demanding are the greatest opportunities for leadership. Because, you know, just the fact that it's not just that demand indicates supply, but I would tell you that it's demand that releases supply. Because like, I got a card here, right? There's money in the bank. But the money in the bank doesn't buy anything. Not until I hand over my card and I what? Charge it. Charge it. Debit for you Dave Ramsey people. All right? Charge it. it it's demand that releases the supply. So God says, I'm charging you. I'm, I'm putting a demand on you. I'm, I'm placing you here to show you that I've already put in you the things that concern you. So you've got to come back to that over and over again, that God puts you here. He's put in you what you need, that, you ha that he's prepared you for those things that you need. That, and, and the thing is, all you have to do was go back and look beneath the surface. Look at what was already there that you didn't realize that God had placed there. God's never going to put you someplace that he hasn't prepared you for. So you need to remind yourself, he puts you here. He, he puts you here. And you won't grow if you keep trying to plant yourself someplace else every couple years. You know, some of you, that's the problem, is, is you keep trying to put yourself someplace else every couple years, and you never stay planted to see what God can do with a lifetime of faithfulness. So, so you, move, you try and plant yourself in a different job. You try and plant yourself in a different relationship. You try and plant yourself in a different church. You just need to stay planted in one place and watch what God can do knowing that he puts you here. He, he puts you into that job, into that position. He puts you into this ministry. And I hope every person here sees yourself in ministry. Because God has a call on each one of us to reach people. That's what we talked about last week. Each one, reach one. We all have a call to reach someone. So I'll restate the premise. God doesn't demand what he, doesn't, what he didn't deposit. The fact that he asked you is proof that you're able. But let me still make this applicable to your leadership. Let me rephrase the question. God doesn't demand what he didn't deposit. But do you? Do you? 
Are you trying to make withdrawals in areas that you haven't made any deposits in those you lead, in the relationships that you have? Are you trying to reap in areas where you haven't sown? Because See, it's not fair for me to call on Kayla if I haven't already thought through all the contingencies surrounding that demand. So do you? Are, are you making withdrawals where you haven't made any deposits? Because we've got to remember that. Because Paul goes on to say, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. But this next part got me because he says, of who I am chief. In other words, Paul says, look, I did all these things that I shouldn't have done. And God still used me because I was the chief of sinners. That's what he said, right? I was the chief of sinners. He said, I am. I am the chief. See, when I read that, that messed with me a little bit. Because I always read it as like Paul saying, hey, I did all these things I shouldn't have done. I did all these things that should have disqualified me from God ever using me. But God in his grace, he, he was merciful to me. And all these things I did in my past, but it hit me differently when Paul said, I am chief. I am the chief of sinners. What, you mean you're still dealing with stuff, Paul? This is what God spoke to me. Why am I doing this? Because the mission is me. The, the mission is me. You want to know the thing that God really cares about with all the demands on your life, everything he's called you to do, dealing with all of the people, solving all of the problems, everything that's on your plate week in, week out. You want to know what God really cares about? Reaching you. Reaching you. The mission is me. See, here's what I see with Paul, is that Paul was living off of what he was giving. Now, this is so good when you get this, that he was living off of what he was giving, because I told you in the first week, one of the services I said, I don't remember, that I have never met with someone where the answer that they needed wasn't in the previous sermon that I preached. Never. But here's what you got to understand. The other side of that is, I have never preached a sermon that I haven't needed. I have never preached a sermon that has not been for myself. You know, I'm not just doing this for you. I need this. This is for me. So now you start going through all the series we've done this year. Joy switch, right? Flipping the switch on your pain, turning it into purpose. That's because I've got stuff that I'm dealing with. The subscription prescription, the God's remedy for all your issues, all those negative toxic thoughts, because I've got a messed up brain that I'm dealing with. Anytime we do a relationship series, because I'm trying to straighten out Marissa. But other than that, <laughs> I'm, I need this. The mission is me. You got to live off of, you got to be living off of what you're, you're giving. And since these words have hit me, before I've handed them to you. That's how I know they're real. That, that's how I know that's going to help. i got to hold on to that because, see, that's what's so frustrating with my phone. It doesn't hold a charge. It can still take a charge. 
but I can't hold it. It'll look like it's full, but it'll last 20 minutes. I can't hold one. See, leadership isn't about taking charge. It's about holding one. See, we're not successful if we just take charge. If we can walk into a situation, take control, take the lead. We're not even successful if we can just get charged. Now, we're only successful if we can hold the charge. So let's talk about the word charge for a minute. And that word charge, it comes from an old French word. Yeah, that, that's its origin. It literally means a weight, a load, a burden. And you know what I've realized is that it's a lot easier to hold a burden when you've got other people around you to help you hold it. Have you ever noticed that? See, that's why you need to get in a group. Because I'm telling you, you need to hold your charge, but it's so much easier when you've got people around you who can help you hold it. That's why you need to go through growth track so that you're not trying to do things. You need people around you who can help you hold it. Solomon, considered the wisest man who ever lived, he said, he talked about two or better than one, right? There's lots of reasons for that because they can help each other out. He said that if you know, two people lie down, they can keep each other warm. That's not a verse for single people. But he's just saying, he's just saying that, he goes on to say, a cord of three is not easily broken. And some of you, you're breaking under the weight of what you're trying to hold. So you need a cord, you need people in your life. But you know what it got me thinking about? Maybe you need a different kind of cord. Maybe the cord that you need, because you can't, you can't recharge without this. Have you ever noticed that? Like, I think there's an outlet over here somewhere. Like, like there's, a, there's a power out, outlet back here somewhere, back here. I can take this phone, and I can put it next to power, but it's not going to get anything without this. And some of you, the, the reason you feel drained is because you don't have people in your life. You're not connected. You're, the, the reason you feel ineffective is you're not plugged in. And I'm not mad at you. I'm not here to condemn you. You're in the right place, but you're not plugged in. This phone can be in the right place. But it's not going to get charged unless it's connected. Some of you are like, well, pastor, I've got people in my life. Okay, that's great. You got people in your life. But they're not plugged into the power source. The, the, this, the cord itself doesn't charge. Only when it's connected to the power source, something bigger than itself, right? You need people who are connected to something bigger. So you got to get plugged in. That's what we see. Paul is, God is using Paul in Timothy's life. 
He's saying, look, Timothy, there is something special about your life. And he, he uses this language. He says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. In other words, saying, look, I put you in Ephesus, and there are some things that you're going to face that are going to be a challenge. That's why you need a charge. That's why you need a charge, because it's going to be a challenge. How do I know it's going to be a challenge? Because at the end of it, he says, you need this by which you can wage a good warfare, not plan the ideal vacation. So it's going to be a challenge. And in, in order to equip Timothy for the future fight, he takes him back to a previous prophecy. It says, according to the prophecies. Now, we don't know what the prophecy is. I looked. Can't find it. But we do know that there was some people or someone in Timothy's life who had spoken something over him, told him, encouraged him that he was going to be used by God. And so Paul is saying, look, Timothy, don't you see that all of your life has been leading up to this? Don't you see that you were, you were made for this? And if you struggle to hold your charge from time to time, perhaps it would do you good to remember your reason. Look, there's been a lot of things in your life that have brought you up to this point. That's good. It's great. That's not your charge. It says, this charge I commit to you, according to the prophecies given over you. If it's not personal, there's no power. What's, what's your reason? Why are you doing this? That's your charge. And so he says, when you get that reason, hold on to it. Next verse says, having faith and a good conscience. Another translation puts it and says, holding on to faith. Holding on to faith. You got to hold your charge. That doesn't make sense because last week I talked about reaching. This week I'm talking about holding. But here's what you need to know. You got to hold on to why you started while you reach for where you're headed. Hold on to why you started while you reach for where you're headed. You got to do both. Because if you're only reaching, eventually you're going to topple under the pressure. So you got to hold on to why you started. And here's what I've learned to do. Because this phone, this phone has a lot of potential left in it. But if it doesn't hold its charge, then it's of no use. But I've got a lot of stuff that I need to do. So I've got to stay connected, but I've got to keep moving. So what I've learned to do, somebody got me one of these one time. You know what this is? Charger. It's a portable battery pack. So now I can just stay connected and charge it while I'm using it, holding my charge. And can I tell you that I want to keep charging you to what God has called you to do. Keep charging you to the purpose he has planned you for. Keep charging you 
with vision. Keep charging you to be excellent. Keep charging you not to settle for things less than what God has called you to, not to settle for what God has called you into. I wanna keep charging you to be generous. Keep charging you with the vision God has given your life. Keep charging you. 